been breaking down the importance of worship in this last month. Pastor Dorinthia, a couple weeks ago, gave an amazing message. I know my husband has given a, amazing messages and just talking about the importance of worship and why we need to worship and, and breaking down Hebrew words and Greek words and all that good stuff. But listen, friends, worship is about our lifestyle. It's about our heart connecting with God. Worship is fundamental. A lot of times in church, we, we focus on the word of God, which is so important. We need the word of God, and we'll focus on the fundamentals like we need to pray. But friends, worship is also a commandment of God to worship the Lord your God and keep him first. Friends, it is so important. It is a fundamental uh, belief in our Christian walk is to worship. And we don't just have to worship on a little 30, 40 minutes. That's a lot of time on a Sunday morning or a worship night. We can worship every single day of the week. As long as you have breath in your lungs, you can worship no matter where you're at. I was telling my friend this morning, I was worshiping on the front row, hands up on the steel vengeance this week at Cedar Point. Yes, I was. I'm telling you, I w first of all, I was praying for my dear life as we was going up that hill. <laughs> Second of all, I, I prayed. I said, God, let this ride be enjoyable. And I was just praying and I was laughing and having a good old time with my hands up with my almost 12-year-old daughter next to me. And then when we stopped, I was like, this is the best ride ever. And then I said, I just had church in the, up in this ride. And people were like laughing like, who is the crazy church lady in the front row with her hands up? I, I could already tell what kind of church she goes to, you know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, though, we can worship God anywhere and everywhere. And we ought to because he's worthy. He's worthy. He is worth it, friends. And so I want to encourage you, be a worshiper. Be a worshiper. So today I want to talk about sincere worship. And I want to talk about the benefits that come from sincere worship. But I want to break something down to you. Do you remember when you were a kid? I know for some of us that was a long time ago. For some of us, we still are kids. Some of us are just childlike faith. That's okay, too. But you remember when you were a kid, if you had siblings, and you, how many of you guys had siblings? This, only children probably can't relate to this one. This analogy is for those of us who had siblings. And you got in fights with your siblings at times, right? I have four kids, and now I see it all the time. There's a reason I nicknamed my youngest two boys Sons of Thunder, right? And when you would get in an argument with your, 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 or sometimes boys especially, fist fights, girls pulling hair, I mean, you know, whatever, with your sibling, oftentimes your mom or your dad would come around and separate you guys, have you cool down, and then make you apologize. You remember that when you were forced to apologize? I'm now making my kids. I'm forcing them to apologize. But you remember that feeling of, I'm going to just say sorry and not really mean it. And if you have children, you probably see them. Look, I got a couple of my kids in the third row. They're like, yeah, I feel you, Pastor Joy. Mm -hmm. Yep, I feel you. When mom makes you apologize and you just say sorry. Usually you don't even say, I'm sorry. It's just sorry. You, sometimes you even say it still with an attitude, right? So you apologize, but it's not sincere. Friends, sometimes we go through the motions of worship. We might even look like we're, we might even have our hands up in the air. I'm talking all the way. Or sometimes, you know, we're, we're, they, they have the different, the comedians, Christian comedians have the different things, like the football goalposts, the carrying a baby. What's the Mufasa one? I like that one. 
<laughs> right? We got all kinds of different, different positions. And sometimes we can look like we are sincerely worshiping, but our hearts are not into it. Friends, that does not count as worship. Going through the motions is not the same thing as worship. Just like when you say, sorry, but you don't really mean it, it's not a true apology. It kind of reminds me of this passage from the Old Testament that Jesus quotes. It says, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain they worship me. Oh, Lord, let us not worship you in vain. Let us not just Go through the motions. Let's not just show up and, and give a little clap, put a hand up in the air, and think that we entered into worship because we know the exercise of it, because we know the motions of it, because we know the ritual of it. God would rather hear sincere, heartfelt worship than routine ritual, friends, every single time. He would rather have a heartfelt worship. Praise and worship, they're a powerful part of our walk with God. It's fundamental in our belief with God. But God wants us to do more than just go through the motions. But sometimes, friends, we have to force ourselves to worship even when we don't feel like it. And so sometimes we feel like, well, how can I worship sincerely when I don't feel like it? Have you ever been there? You went to church and, man, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, right? Yet. Maybe had a little intense moment of fellowship with your spouse as he was driving over here. Maybe your kids were getting on your nerves and didn't want to get dressed, right? And then you get in the house of the Lord and, and you're trying to put your happy face on. You're trying to put your praise face on and trying to get your worship on. But you're annoyed and you don't want to worship. So you're in this place. You say, well, well, I know I'm supposed to have sincere worship. I don't want to worship in vain. But how can I have sincere worship when I don't feel like it? No one's ever been there? Oh, you guys always come to church ready to worship. Right. Somebody's been here. Come on. Friends, the best way to worship God when you don't feel like worshiping God is to get out of your own way. To get out of your own way. To realize it's not even about you and what you feel. I love Romans 12. 1. It says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. This is your true and proper worship. Your true and proper worship. I'm going to tell you, friends, the number one way to have sincere worship is to surrender. So when you come to church and you ain't feeling it, surrender. Surrender your attitude. Come on, somebody. Surrender that frustration that you're feeling. Surrender that anxiety. Surrender that unforgiveness. Surrender that jealousy. Surrender that covetousness. Surrender your temper. Surrender that sin that so easily entangles. That's how you get out of your way is you surrender. Usually the first thing I do when I enter into worship is I just begin to invite the Lord and his presence, and then I say, God, search me. What's in my own heart that's standing in my way of entering into your presence? And friends, almost every single time he shows me something. Oh, man, you're dealing with this anxiety right now. You're worrying instead of praying, instead of standing in faith. Or, man, you remember last night when you had an attitude with one of those kids? Mm-hmm, you need to repent for that. Come on, somebody. If you want to enter in 
sincerely start with surrender. Look to your neighbor and say, surrender. Say, I'm surrendering. Surrender life is the most sincere way to worship God. We seek God's face and not his hand. But friends, when we seek his face in a sincere way, he will always reach out his hand to you. He will always reach out his hand to you. And so today I want to talk about sincere worship, but not just sincere worship, the benefits that we get from sincere worship. Because this whole month we've been talking about why we should worship God, the purpose of worshiping God, how God needs to be glorified, how to praise him and magnify his name. But friends, I want you to realize that when you actually do worship the Lord, especially when you actually worship him with a sincere heart from a posture of surrender, God God will pour out his blessings on you. You remember the old school church saying, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. And so today I want to talk about five blessings, five benefits that come from a place of sincere worship. Because guess what, friends? When we sow, we will reap. When you sow generous, sincere worship, you will reap the blessings that come from. And someone say hallelujah. Some of you guys need to wake up and get happy. I'm telling you, when you worship, good things happen. Blessings come. And so we're going to talk about them. The number one benefit, and this is not necessary in any order, but this is the one I'm going to start with. And friends, I'm telling you, I only have time for five today because we're going to preach not long but strong. But there's thousands of blessings that come from worship. But number one is he shows up. Say, shows up. He shows up every single time when we worship God from a sincere heart. He shows up. I love the scripture, Psalm 22, verse 3. It says, yet you enthrone the holy ones. You are, uh, you are the one Israel praises. Praise attracts God's presence. He draws near when he is welcomed. Praise attracts his presence. It has, he shows up when he is welcome, when he's invited, friends, he shows up. We need to invite God. He inhabits the praises of his people, enthrones the praises of his people. That means he comes up and he sits down in the very presence of our worship. That's why when we begin to worship, you can sometimes literally feel the weighty presence of God. Even in your home, in your car, when you begin to worship, he shows up. And there's something powerful about when you you worship the Lord, Lord yourself, there's something powerful about that. But there's something even, I believe, more powerful in corporate worship when we come together and really worship the Lord. He shows up. And friends, I know church has become so many things in our generation about trying to get different people to show up. I I want to see this place full. I want to see our Waterville campus full of people. But friends, if we are a church that is full of people but not full of the presence of the Lord, we're missing something. We work really hard. To make this place a place that, that, that welcomes people and that loves on people. We, do, we spend thousands and thousands of dollars in the summertime on our outreaches and our initiatives with our children and in, the, in both communities that we serve in. But friends, all that is in vain if we do everything to reach people, but yet God's presence is not even here. 
We want God to show up more than anyone else. If it's just Pastor Earl, Pastor Renee, me, Pastor Dorinthia here worshiping the Lord, God's still going to show up. But we want you all to be here with us. But God is going to show up. Because when praises go up, blessings come down. And he, the biggest blessing is his very presence. His presence. There was a book that came out when I first got on fire for God called God Chasers by Tommy Tenney. And this was in the late 90s. And there was, there was a revival that, that took place um, during this time that, that people just wanted the presence of God more than anything else. That was the most important thing in every single church service was the presence of God. And, friends, I'm afraid that we've got a little away from that. Now we worship God only if we feel like it. Friends, push past yourself. Surrender. And worship the Lord. And when you do, he will show up. This cool thing happened in, in 2 Chronicles verse 7. I don't have time to read the whole thing. But it was right during the time that King Solomon dedicated the temple of God. Right? David wanted to build a temple. But God said, this, this, I'm glad this is in your heart. You can prepare the way. But this is for your son to do. And so his son built this temple in honor of God. And, and, and God even would say things such as, you know, God can't, it's not just about a temple. It's not just about a church, right? It's about our, our presence. Our, it's about our heart and his presence being in our heart. But yet, because they really sincerely dedicated that temple to the Lord and they prayed and they worshiped God, when they dedicated the temple and offered sacrifices and praised God, God answered by fire from heaven. He showed up. Friends, the same is true today. It's not about these four walls of a building. It's not about us meeting out in the Waterville Primary School. It's not, a, it's not about the place that we meet. But, friends, when we actually dedicate the place that we meet and we realize that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and we come into this place with the expectation that God is going to show up, he will every single time. How many of you guys want God to show up in your life? How many of you guys want God to show up in the things that you're going through? Guess what? You are the temple. You're greater than the Old Testament temple. And if you invite him and his presence into your life, he will show up. I want him. Who wants him with me? Amen. Number one benefit of praising and worshiping God is he shows up. Another benefit of praising and worshiping God is we have success in the battle. Friends, we go through battles in life. Sometimes we have this misconception that when we serve Jesus, that everything is going to be buttercups and roses and we're never going to have a hard time. I call it easy believism. Oh, come to Jesus and get rich. It's almost like those get rich quick schemes. You know what I mean? Come to Jesus and everything's going to be good. He doesn't promise that everything's going to be good, but he promises he will be with you through it all. And you will have battles. You will have hard times in your life. But, friends, you have, you have a way when you worship God to have success. I'm going to read Pastor Dorinthia's favorite Old Testament story. And, and you about to get happy in this one, Pastor Dorinthia. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15 and 25. I'm going to read this whole thing, friends. Said He said, listen, King Jeho Jehoshaphat and all you who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them, 
They will be climbing up by the pass of Zis, and you will find them at the end of the gorge of the desert of Jerel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position. Stand firm and see deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Friends, sometimes we go through battles that we have to face, but it doesn't mean we have to fight. Sometimes some of the battles that we go through are battles that only the Lord can fight for you. And then it says in verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before the Lord. Then some Levites came and stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning, they left for the desert. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah, and the people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and praise him and his splendor and his holiness as they went out at the head of the army. They sent a worship team out in the head of the army when, when the enemy was coming against them. And then, listen, they said, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon and Moab, Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men, they helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place to overlook the desert and look toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies laying around the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off the plunder, and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing, clothing and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it all. Do you get this, friends? The enemy was out against the Lord's people. They, the, the way they fought the enemy is they went out to face him, but they trusted the word of God that they wouldn't have to fight them. Instead, they fought by praising God. By the time they got to the place where the fight was supposed to take place, the enemy turned on one another. They were so confused. They killed each other and, and were all dead by the time the people of God got there. Their praise was a powerful weapon. And friends, your praise is a powerful weapon in the battles that you face as well. Sometimes we face battles we weren't expecting. Sometimes there's a diagnosis of cancer or something else that we weren't expecting, and we have to face that battle. But it doesn't mean we're going to be the one that's going to fight that battle. We have to trust God's healing power through it. And yes, sometimes God's wisdom says, take this medicine or go try this trial or, or go through this kind of uh, chemo, but God will be with us. We've seen that in our own church. There's several people who have been uh, healed of cancer or, or been cured of cancer, and we know that that is God's anointing and touch on their life. Sometimes there's battles we're not expecting in our marriage, with our children, with our finances, and we need a financial breakthrough miracle to happen. We need to face those problems, but allow the Lord to fight those problems, and the way the Lord wants to fight those problems, 
friends. That means give him thanks in the hard times. Praise his name even when it's hard. Praise is how we battle, and praise is how we receive our success. There is power in our praise. If you are in a battle, begin to praise God and watch the enemy flee. Amen? Another benefit in praising God is that he sets us free. He sets us free. You guys remember the story of Ananias, and, or excuse me, of Paul and Silas, right? If not, I'm going to read just a couple of verses. Paul and Silas in Acts 16 found themselves in jail after um, doing some miraculous things. People, the people in the city were, uh, were angry at them and threw their butts in jail. And we see this in verse 25 and 26. But it says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So the foundations of the prisons were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loose. Not only did Paul and Silas receive freedom, and their chains were loose, but their praise made the prisoners next to them become free and liberated. Their praise loosened the chains to the people around them. Friends, you should have that kind of praise in your spirit, man, that when you worship God and you walk into an atmosphere, the whole atmosphere is set free. Every person in that place that you are residing in is set free. That your worship to wake your kids up in a good mood. Lord, help me. I need to step up my worship game. That your worship should change a place. You shouldn't come into church ready to worship. You should come into church ready to worship already. You should bring worship with you. Paul and Silas were able to worship God even in prison, friends. And check this out. Their, their chains were loose. And, and the jailer was about to commit suicide because he thought, I'm about to be in big trouble. All the prisoners are gone. But Paul and Silas knew that their freedom had nothing to do with where they were located. And that even if they had chains on them in prison, they were already free. And so they stayed there in that prison. And the jailer came, getting ready to fall on his sword. And Paul and Silas said, no, 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 don't do that. We're right here. And then they led that jailer to the Lord, that him and his whole family got saved and baptized. They brought true freedom because sometimes you could be chained and yet truly free. And sometimes you might not have any chains physically on you, but yet you're bound up inside. Friends, if there is something in your life that you are bound to, whether it's alcohol or drugs or or an unequally yoked relationship, God wants to set you free. God doesn't want you to be bound or slaved to anything. But he wants you to be a servant to him. But when you serve him, friends, you are truly free because Jesus Christ came to set you free. And for freedom's sake, he decided to set you free. I don't know about you, but I want to be free. Do you want to be free in this place? There's freedom in your worship, friends. You start worshiping God and watch chains of bondage that you've been dealing with. Watch them fall off you. Maybe there's generational curses that you have to deal with that maybe you didn't see your parents successfully have a good marriage or maybe you didn't see your dad beat that alcoholism. But, friends, your worship can help you beat it. You can be the one. To be set free and to set those free around you. I want freedom. It's a benefit of worship. And our benefit in worship is that worship satisfies your soul. 
It satisfies our soul, friends. Psalm 63, 1 through 5, I love this scripture. Oh, God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I look for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. My soul shall be satisfied, friends. There are so many people who are walking around looking to fulfill something missing in their soul. They're looking for that soulmate thinking that's going to satisfy them. They're looking for that American dream, climbing that corporate ladder, thinking that will satisfy them. They're looking for someone to love them in all the wrong places, thinking that will satisfy them. They're sometimes going to food, thinking that will satisfy them and make them feel better. Sometimes going to too much coffee, thinking that will satisfy them and make them better. Come on, friends. Sometimes Netflix binging so they can be satisfied and feel a little better and forget about their problems. Sometimes it's getting caught up in the sports and and everything else in life, thinking that's going to satisfy you and make you feel a little bit better. Searching. But, friends, I I want to present this to you today. You have a God-shaped hole in your soul, and the only thing that can satisfy you is the very presence of God in your life. Don't go around like the people of Israel going around the same mountain day after day and getting nowhere. Invite his presence to fulfill you. And I'm telling you, there's no high like the Holy Ghost high. There's no love that you can receive from a man or from a woman like the love that you can receive from the Lord. There's no grace. There's no peace that you can receive from anyone else or anything else like you can from the Lord. Why do we have successful business people committing suicide? Why do we have people who win the lottery feeling like their life has been destroyed? Because money can't satisfy. Only God can bring true contentment to the human soul. Worship the Lord and find your contentment, find your peace, find your love, find your grace that you desperately need. Only God can satisfy our soul. That's the benefit we get when we worship him. So worship him. The last benefit I want to talk about today that we receive when we worship the Lord and really enter in is that it strengthens our faith. Romans 4.20 says, He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. When you truly experience God through worship, your faith will be strengthened. God does not want you just to know about him. He wants you to know him. He wants you to have an intimate, personal relationship with him. I've experienced God so many times in my life that no one can talk me out of what I believe. Yes, I know the word. When I was in Bible school, we had to memorize books in the Bible. We had to memorize the book of James and the book of Philippians, and they'll still come out of me all the time. We had to memorize passages of Scripture, and I love the word of God. I, but his presence, do you know that prophecy is the sure word of God? God's presence is in his word. Jesus said that I am the word. Friends, 
We need to have relationship with the God because the enemy knows the word and yet doesn't have relationship with him. When he tried tempting Jesus in the desert, he used the word of God. And friends, we need to rightfully defy the word of God with truth and with grace, but we need to realize that the word of God should bring us into the presence of God. If it's not, you're not using it right. Ask the Holy Spirit to, to highlight his word to you and to lead you into all truth and watch God strengthen your faith. And he wants you to experience the living word of God. He wants you to experience him so that you could be strengthened in your faith so that when things come against you and you want to waver and you want to go back and forth, you're going to be like, nope. I know my God. I know the one whom I serve. And I'm not going backward. I may, I may not be going as forward as quick as I want. Maybe my feet are just planted for right now, but I'm not going backward. I'm going to be strengthened in my faith today. God wants you to experience his presence so that you could be strengthened in your faith. And when you are strengthened in your faith, so you can turn and strengthen those around you. Encourage those around you. My prayer for vision ministries is that we would begin to really crave, have a craving for his presence, a craving for more of him because when we begin to crave more of him, he will fill us. See, the Bible says all you have to do is taste, right? Psalms 34, 8, I want to leave you with this. Taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. All you got to do is have a little taste. And once you get a little taste, you're going to want more. You're going to want one bite's not going to satisfy you. You're going to want more. Would you stand to your feet with me, friends? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes with me. You're so worthy, Lord. There's some of you today that are in this place that you need to worship because you are facing some battles and you just don't feel like you can get the upper hand in it. Friends, worship, praise is powerful and worship will help get you through. If that's you today and you feel like you've just been going through some things and you, need, you know you need to step up your worship, would you just raise your hand before the Lord? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Also believe that there are some people in here that know that there's something missing in your life. You feel like there's, that you, maybe you even know the Lord, but you know you haven't given everything to him, that you've been trying to add God to what you're already doing instead of letting God just completely take over. And your soul is not satisfied, but you want more of his presence. Would you raise your hands before the Lord? Thank you, thank you, thank you. There's some of you in here that just needs to taste and see that God is real. If that's you, I want you, if, if, if this is applies, if this message applies to you and you just want some extra prayer time, would you just come on up here? Come on up here. If you raise your hand, just come on up here and line up at this altar. We would love to pray for you and ask the Lord to strengthen you in your faith. God wants to touch you today right where you're at. Come on up. Just like this. The, the account that I read in Second Chronicles, man, you have to sometimes face your problems, but that doesn't mean you have to fight. God is going to do the battle for you. Come on up here and stand up before the Lord.
If you would just face this way, go ahead, come right on up here, face this way. And would you just uh, go ahead and raise your hands before the Lord? God wants to touch you and fill you. If I could have some of my prayer team come up behind these guys. Some of my ushers, some of my leaders, come on up. I want to speak a blessing over them. I'm going to speak a blessing over you as well. So if all of us could just raise our hands before the Lord, I'm going to speak a blessing, and then I'm going to release my ministers up here to pray for people. Heavenly Father, I thank you for who you are, God. I speak a blessing over your people in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I thank you that your word says, let the weak say I am strong. God, even those who feel weak in their faith today, I thank you, Lord God, they are strong in you, Lord Jesus. That they are the head and not the tail. That they are more than conquerors. That these are your people, dearly loved by you. God, I thank you that you're going to increase their passion to worship you, Lord God. That you're going to increase their desire to worship you. And God, as they worship you, Lord God, as, they, as the praises go up, God, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that the blessings will come down. God, I thank you, Lord God, that their worship, that they would take their worship not just here in the sanctuary, but they would take it to their workplace. They would take it to their families on Monday morning, Lord Jesus. That as they leave here today, Lord God, they would leave here more equipped to be the powerful worshipers that you've called them to be. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You guys stay up here. We're going to pray for you a little longer.